1: Welcome to Orange is the New Black, a podcast for diehard Bengals fans, especially if you're still listening to this. Uh, We are your hosts for this evening, morning, afternoon, whenever you're checking this out. I am Ace Boogie of New Stripe City on YouTube. Uh, You can find our information there. Uh, Also, Zim Hude of Instagram, at Zim underscore Hooday. Be sure to follow him, especially right before this Sunday. He hosts his weekly, uh, during the season at least, weekly live stream. Uh, So if you're out of town or you're, you know, a Bengals fan that just wants to kind of go to kind of an open thread but actually see the game, which is very, very groundbreaking. I have to give Zim kudos on that. Uh be sure to check out his IG page. Definitely leave some comments. Let your voices be heard there. Uh you're listening to the Orange is a New Black podcast. We're on the Cincy Jungle Syndicate. So Tell your friends about us. If you enjoy this show, we appreciate your comments that you guys send us on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is at New Stripe City. Zim's is at Zim Uh We appreciate the feedback. Tell your fellow Bengals fans about us. Make sure they subscribe. Leave us a review. Uh, send us some questions on Twitter. Zim, how you doing, man? I'm doing
0: pretty good. Um, just starting off my day, reflecting on the season. But I'm very, very happy on this post-Christmas uh, episode to be here with you guys. Hope every everybody had a really great Christmas. Ace, how was your Christmas?
1: It was good, man. Definitely uh, was around a lot of uh, family and kids. Just um, I know both of our sons are around the same age. Um, the kids just had a blast. So that was, that was the best part of it for me was just making sure that the kids were happy. And happy holidays to all the Bengals fans listening as well. How about yours, Em? Um, I
0: had a pretty good Christmas. I uh, I don't know. A lot of people know I probably I just moved recently, so I was still getting settled in. But I um, my sister was lucky enough to host us. I brought over some dishes. I brought over some fake dishes from the grocery store, acting like I cooked them as well. Um, I did a bunch of that stuff, but it was really good to hang out with my family, my my friends and stuff that came through, so I'm I'm really, really happy about it, but I ain't going to lie. I'm so glad Christmas is behind us, and let's move forward, and let's get uh, ready for this new year by talking Bengals and how we are going to take over the world next year.
1: Yes, sir. So as them said, um, let's get into the Bengals. So there's a couple topics that I want to talk about. Obviously, we have the Bengals versus Browns game, uh, which we'll get into a little later in the show. Uh, but if you didn't know and you haven't heard yet, the Bengals 2020 opponents uh, were actually released. So apparently I think that that was sewed up after last week. Um, so it looks like this, this – uh, well, not this season, but next season we're going to be taking on the NFC East. Uh, so for the home games, obviously you already know the original uh, divisional games. But in addition to that, we're also going to be taking on the Cowboys, the Jaguars, the Giants, the Titans, and the Chargers. That's what our home games are going to be in addition to our regular divisional opponents. The away games, the Texans, the Colts, the Eagles, the Redskins, and ironically, again, the Dolphins. Um, So, Zim, what are your thoughts on that schedule? I feel like that's a pretty strong schedule. uh, But what are your thoughts on it? Uh, My initial
0: thoughts are... Every year fluctuates so much, so this question was brought to us, like, you know, before this this season even started. I remember everybody like, that's a dub, that's a dub, that's a dub, but you just never know, you know, like, I mean, I guess if you look at this season, though, I mean, the, the, the people and, I mean, I'm sorry, the teams that we thought were going to be really good, they actually ended up really good, so if it goes like how this year went and super predictable, I think it's like a fair schedule. I'm not really – I'm a little superstitious, so it's hard for me to predict a record. But, uh, you know, it's always like three or four teams, I feel like, just like kind of go up and down so you really don't know. And that those three or four teams, if you're on the cusp of the playoffs or if you're on the cusp of a uh, winning season versus a losing season, it, it just really depends on how good those teams turn out, really. But at the end of the day, I guess next year we got to really, really just focus on being a better team ourselves the team the team itself right now, I feel like the players that I do talk to really, really, really believe in Zach Taylor. And now I don't know if that means from a play calling standpoint or whatever, but they just believe in him. And I just think this is one of the things that it's funny when I talk to everybody about this, uh, you know, like the Dalton thing or whatever, like I feel like everybody had all this patience for him for the last nine years but this guys in his opening season even when we had Flimlow um raps on, we had different people on there i'm very patient when it comes to a rebuild because i think a lot of a lot of fans weren't they weren't in on, on like this is a rebuild you got a new coach the only thing that stopped the, i think the rebuild was the quarterback position honestly right. like for you for you to sit there and say yeah we're in the middle of a rebuild um But in my mind, it always was a rebuild. So I'm I'm super patient. My expectations aren't that high from a winning and losing standpoint, but my expectations are really, really high from a roster standpoint. And if the roster turns out like how Zach wants it to and Duke Tobin put it together with this upcoming draft, because think about it, your second-round pick is virtually a first-round fringe. You're just starting off with the number one. So, like, I'm really, really banking on – the development of different players and stuff like that and and dictating what our schedule will be uh, is is all on us.
1: Right. I totally agree with that. Uh, I think you also hit on some things that I can kind of segue into. Like like you said, this was a rebuild. Uh, Although a lot of people have criticized uh, certain mistakes that Zach has made, uh, certain things that have changed, there are – Bengals seem to be a disciplined team. Uh, This was a team that used to rack up penalties. Uh, This year, I don't have the numbers directly in front of me, but they have been pretty low on the penalty side. They haven't really committed too many issues there. Uh, You also talk about Tyler Eifert uh, being ready to play a career-high 16 games this season. That was another aspect uh, that was pretty much – a product, I think, of Zach kind of using him in a smarter way. The second, uh, second in catches
0: for his whole entire year. I mean, for his whole entire career.
1: Exactly. second amount of
0: catches he's ever
1: had. And I, I was clearly wrong. I think I said something about Tyler Eifert not being the same Tyler Eifert. I think that I may have been wrong on that statement. I mean, obviously he hasn't caught 10 touchdowns like he did in 2015, but as Zim just noted, you know, uh, one of his highest catching totals, and he did that. Uh, with minimum snaps. So, obviously, Zach had a way better plan in terms of uh, Tyler Eifert. Um, another and then, and then it's just staying healthy, though. Staying healthy, period. The, the NFL right. is
0: about that, though, period. Like, if Joe Victor doesn't stay healthy throughout this year, he doesn't even sniff a 1,000 yards. Right. The one thing that people, you know, you look at the first uh, eight, nine games, you know, leading up to the Los Angeles, there was no way that he was going to get anywhere near 1,000. I think he was at like 300 at that point. Right. And now to get him to a 1,000 is just about health. Emmitt Smith is the leading rusher, or he was the leading rusher for a long time in NFL yards. He is not anywhere near the top five, top ten running backs in the NFL. It's just about his health, though. He was always available, and even when he, when he was hurt, he always played through it.
1: Right, exactly. I think that that's another thing that, that Zach has done well with. Uh, when you talk about the flip side of things, I think another thing is getting young players and uh, guys that we have questions about uh, on the field is something that Zach has done as well, and he, he's shown that he's been able to make adjustments, which that's why I kind of want to give him another season to see what adjustments that he makes based off of uh, what we had take place this season. Uh, the next thing that I want to talk about is I talked about him playing young players. Uh, it seems like it's no secret in who they nation that Cordy Glenn um, is probably going to be moved on from. I believe Dave Lapham reported this. And an uh, interesting nugget from last week that we did not mention or last week's game that we didn't mention uh, was the fact that Cordy Glenn only played 30% of the snaps and Fred Johnson Uh, ended up getting 70% of the snaps. If you're not familiar with Fred Johnson, he is a tackle that the Bengals claimed uh, from the Steelers, who the Steelers apparently didn't want to cut. They just had to do it for a roster move, and the Bengals were able to swipe in and take him. Uh, Then what are your thoughts? Man, if
0: if they could move Cordy Glenn for, like, a legit player, like to me, that will be like the biggest. Like him, Cordy Cordy Glenn playing the game before, and then you know even playing the thirty percent snaps that he last week was so huge. It's just as huge as Eddie Dalton throwing for four hundred yards and four touchdowns. Because the one thing that I do want to see, is Zach Taylor has nothing to do with this. It's about resources and moves and communication. Will the Bengals finally just get on the phone? and make the move, whether it ends out as great as they thought it would, uh, you know, like holding out or being stupid about A.J. McCarron and different things like that, whether it ends up the way that they want, this is business. The art of business is taking the highest, you know, amount that you can get at its peak. Cordy Glenn cannot peak at this point after all of the shit for NFL team for the most highly regarded position in the NFL. Can the Bengals make a move and do something with that? Or will they just sit there and just let them go, cut them, and do something stupid like they always do when it comes to the business side of things? And those are the things that I want Bengals fans to really, really, like, pay attention to this offseason. Like, like the, I, to you, I, I know this is a little off-subject, but... Them picking up, what's the kid? They picked up a linebacker this past week. His name is Sharif Finch. He's really highly, highly regarded um, as one of the the one of the more athletic linebackers. Picking up that guy, and I can see him having a role with this team. Maybe the Malik Jefferson role that they want him. Just so you guys know, three other teams put in a uh, waiver claim for him, but, of course, Bengals are higher up on the list. So they they got the waiver claim in on them. The same thing could be said a little bit about Fred Johnson. Those are the type of moves that sometimes people ask me, why didn't you post that they signed this guy? Why didn't you? Because I'll look up some of these guys or some of these guys I knew about before, and I'm like, nobody wanted that guy. They are just filling up space, and then y'all see them cut a week or two later. But uh, Sharif Finch and Fred Johnson are players that. They really believe in
1: and really could contribute to this thing. Now, now the only I, the only thing though, Zim, is mm-hmm. I don't know if you were getting to this or not, but Fence actually failed his physical, so they actually ended up waving him. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, he actually ended up failing his physical, so they waved okay. him. Okay, so that's
0: but that's a guy though. That's a move that I like them. I I love that move. I liked him making that. Um, and then moving forward. Same thing. Like, they just got to be, like, like when we start talking about free agents, like, free agents, like, the linebacker Littleton from the Rams, like, they got the money for him. He's out there. That's what they need to pair up with Jermaine Pratt and Vigil. Will they go do that this year, or will they go do another stupid move? Like, I, I told everybody, I'll stand by this to the end of time, Preston Brown was the worst signing. It was worse than Bobby Hart, because at least with Bobby Hart, He's legit – like, that's a that's a prime position in the NFL that everybody needs is a tackle. And whether he starts or he doesn't start, that's for the fans to argue about, was he has a good game. I don't care. But that's, that's a legit – like, one of the more important positions in the NFL with cornerback that I will put up there really, really high, where you cannot have – like, you have to have depth. So at the very least, it, it never was that bad, and they had a lot of different outs that they can get a – I think moving forward, they'll probably keep Bobby Hart at the right tackle. They they think that's their starting right tackle. And if you ever look at players on Instagram and stuff, commenting and stuff, there are a lot of players that comment and
1: say that they love. Say that again, Zem? It looks like
0: Zem cut out for a second. What was that again, Zem? No, I was saying a lot of players
1: they they believed in Bobby Hart. Right, gotcha, gotcha. Well, yeah, I mean that's not that's uh not too concerning. I think like you said, um Bobby Hart is probably not the biggest worry for them on the offensive line and I and I say that because you have guys like uh that have performed worse such as Billy Price and uh Michael Jordan has been questionable at times. And that interior line has really struggled uh, for the most part. So I could agree with you in saying that maybe Bobby Hart might not have been the worst uh, re-signing that they had. Uh, mm-hmm. I think some people, when when they came when it came to it, they just saw the money and the dollar signs, and they were just like, why wouldn't you just, you know, pick like a second-round tackle or something like that? But in the grand scheme of things, I think I have to agree with you that it was definitely a better signing uh, than Preston Brown. Um, who they signed for multiple years and then decided that he wasn't really a fit with their coaching style, which is kind of nuts. Uh, but... but see, like but see, like Bobby Hart, you know what I'm saying? Like,
0: I don't think he should be starting, but the amount of money they paid him is fringe starting money, which is right. kind of weird in itself. But if, if he was our swing tackle off the bench, nobody would complain at all. If Drake Kirkpatrick didn't get paid the amount of money that he gets paid, what does he get, like $12 million a year or something like that? If he right. didn't get that amount of money and he was in a backup role, everybody would say Drake Kirkpatrick is the best corner, like backup corner in all of NFL or something. But the problem right. is uh, fans get access to knowing people's salaries and different stuff like that. So right. all, every time somebody gets paid, paid, like paid for real,
1: right.
0: if, if, if you're listening to it right now, you probably never even thought about this. I don't know if it's like where I'm from, we call that a little bit of like pocket watching and hating a little bit. But I'm going right. to keep it super, super sports. But if you paying attention to what a guy makes, right, ultimately when he goes out there, fans just expect him to play flawless football. Like you right. cannot make a mistake. Drake Kirkpatrick hasn't made a mistake in a long time, but nobody cares about that because he got paid so much money. And from a fan's perspective, when somebody makes a mistake that big, glaring like a touchdown, oh, get him out of here. But if he was right. a backup role or something like that, you probably wouldn't even pay attention to it as much. But because right. he got paid, just like, um, uh, you know, uh, Bobby Hart or whatever, it just upsets people. It's, and Preston Brown upsets me, because not because I care how much he got paid, but the linebackers that I wanted got paid the same exact money. That's right. the thing that, mess, that messed me up. So that's why I was looking for them to make these big moves, like um, clever moves. Get on the phone. Can we move Cordy Glenn? Can we get something for him? Can we get a player for him? I don't want to pick for Cordy Glenn. I want a player for him. Because I just right. think because uh, people, when you play Madden and stuff, these trades and stuff, like, you can make it pop off, and it's not real life, you know what I'm
1: saying? Ace right. does this
0: thing on his YouTube, guys, on New Strike City. If you ever watch his Madden and stuff, they're real legit trades, like, that could really, really happen, I think, a lot of times. Right. But because in the real world, owners aren't willing to, um, see the parallels of a player for player, you know, thing. It usually equates to money and long-term stuff and a lot of other factors to keep it simple, but.
1: Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called the future of work, where I answer all your questions on surprise, the future of work.
0: that any team, like like that, at the left tackle position, if you have a right-handed quarterback, you need nothing more than a left tackle that can block to block a blindside. Nothing right. more than that is more important than that in the NFL right now, especially with pass rushers lining up anywhere. But what it does is say any team. This and people say, well, Brandon Cooks got, driver, got traded all the time or something like that. Somebody made that comment to me. It's very rare to see a player get traded on his rookie contract, like. Um, Make a fix Fitzpatrick or something like that, because you'll never get that value. But one thing that is really, really valuable that if I'm the Bengals I'll be chasing is players that are in their last year of their contract for Cordy Glenn. They, the Bengals should be able to get anybody that they want that's in the last year. If a team knows that they're not going to re-sign them, like uh, – I can't even. I don't even have like somebody at the top of my list right now. But say you don't sign AJ Green or something like that, and say you got a wide receiver in the last years of his contract. I'm just gonna use. I don't even have anybody. I was gonna use Emmanuel Sanders, but I think he read up when he did the 49ers deal. But say that 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 type of player is out there. That's a team. That 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 type of team. That type of player is the type of player that you could trade for Cordy Glenn all day, every day. But the Bengals never make those type of moves like that. Because there are teams like the Patriots and different th- and different teams that are not going to re-sign anybody twenty nine, thirty years old, thirty one that's not playing at a high octane level. Cordy Glenn, they will trade for that all day. And I'm just using the Patriots because we all know they make moves. And I'm just thinking like as we're going through this podcast. But there are, I'm gonna get together a list of different players that I'm, that I'm that I'm that I'm I'm trying to share an example for. But if you're listening to this. And you know other teams, and you're listening, and you watch other teams. There are plenty of players that are in that last year of the contract, or maybe even have two years left, or whatever. And their team would die for Cordy Glenn to, to kind of do like a prove it deal. That I'm, I'm talking about. Because if you try to trade Cordy Glenn for a draft pick, because he's entering into the last year of his, his draft, I mean, of his contract, he's not gonna, um, he's not gonna yield a really high return as far as the draft it So that's why I'm really, really looking for them to make a move on a player-for-player deal with him.
1: Yeah, I have to agree with that, and I think that they have to do that trade pretty quickly because this is a draft where they um, are pretty rich at the tackle position. Um, So as we know, the closer that you get to the draft and and things of that nature to make the trade, that kind of lowers his value as well. Um, I'd like to see, like you said, them trade him for another player. Uh we've seen that in the past where the Bengals traded for like Brian Leonard and uh other players that they've traded straight up for players. It does seem that it is somewhat rare in the NFL like Zim was saying due to several factors with how teams uh handle business. But you would have to think that somebody would be willing to trade for Cordy Glenn.
0: Man, um, if they just get on the phone.
1: If they just that, get on the phone. And that <laughs> I and don't that know to what's me up is with the them. biggest thing. That that to me is are one of my bullets that I'm looking for for change in this offseason. Uh, number one is actual movement, like see, like they don't, said,
0: and they don't though. They don't though. Remember we were just talking about that though, Ace, like where it was like an executive behind the scenes saying like, yeah, like they're just like real brash about it, and they just don't even really like when the AJ get a hold of the general
1: manager, yeah, like manager you kidding? Yeah, and, yeah. And then the AJ Green
0: thing, they were like real pompous about it, like yeah, like, like that's our guy. And what were they on a trip in like the Netherlands or something like that, or right. like Norway or something? Not like they're even not trading even, Cordy
1: Glenn, like they're, they're not
0: even interested. And that's the part where where we we really got on the Burrow train and right. got on the quarterback train. Even I was all I've been on it for years. Get a quarterback, right? But right, I think everybody else started to wake up, and the smart fans say, you know what? They're never going to make a move
1: and right. if you
0: don't make a move with AJ Green hurt at that point when. The time, to, like, a uh, uh, a bum on the side of the road would know that that was the time to move A.J. Green. If you're not going to re-sign him, like, if if you're not cutting, if the deal isn't done right now, what are they doing? Right. You know, Man, and that's, it, that's, what, that's what happened. We lost faith in all of that stuff. So, even as I'm talking through this thing, I'm like, they're not going to get on the phone. The Cordy Glenn trade, to me was the Bills just like them having a good relationship with the Bills, period. They only do business with teams that they have good relationships it's,
1: And they with. need to stop that. They need to stop
0: that. They you only to, do that with teams they got. And that's so
1: stupid to me. It's very stupid. It's very stupid because, you know, you look at going back to A.J. McCarron trade, that was another debacle and was probably a debacle because of he was going to the Browns. Like anybody in their right mind would have traded A.J. McCarron – like for, for, the, for the
0: one when they offering like a second
1: by itself oh or something my god like, don't even like just it was a like
0: a second and
1: a third or, yeah like, but I, before but
0: that was the reason why the facts came in so late they were supposed to just get a just a second
1: which is good enough
0: Any, which is it, it, better it, than
1: you can actually get for dalton now which is mind-blowing and, and you know
0: what their rationale behind the whole thing was is like well and, and, and this is what they will probably do with uh, Finley, Dolagala, whoever you can think of. They're, they're saying that they're, the value of a backup quarterback, even if he loses like Finley did, their value of that is higher than them obtaining a pick for it because if their quarterback goes down, they're like, well, at least we had a legit, a legit backup all that time. That was their rationale for the McCarran thing. It's like, yeah, we didn't get – you know what well, we wanted for him, but at least we had a serviceable, a serviceable backup all that time, which is like the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Because you could go get a McCarran, you could go get all these guys, these Finleys of the world, like right off the, like right off the couch right now. Like all right. these guys, like Case Keenum and stuff, that'll be free agents next year and all that stuff. They're like a diamond dozen. They're all out here. All these quarterbacks, they could go sign any of these guys. Josh Johnson's of the world, like just go sign them tomorrow. Right. So unless your backup quarterback is like Teddy Bridgewater or something like that, they shouldn't be
1: talking like that, but it is just crazy how they. It's very crazy and I mean, I I don't know. To me, that's what I want to see the most change uh, from this front office. I want to see some movement out there and I'm not I'm not talking about signing some, you know, pro bowl X play. I'm not I'm not talking about that. I just want to see uh simple moves like Cordy Glenn getting traded um simple moves like trading Andy Dalton or releasing him to get that 17 million in cap why not just trade him so that you can have that mm-hmm. 17 million in free space but the Bengals could honestly especially with the with the uh salary cap moving up um a large amount next year um mm-hmm. can really do some damage and um, mm-hmm. rebuilding this roster and that's that's just what I really want to see I also want to see um uh, you know, but things like you, the scouting, department, really good. Yeah, like the scouting department, department, they need to add more people. And I'm not saying that you have to pay these guys an exorbitant, um, exorbitant amount of money, but there's guys that you can find that like football that, you know, may want to be a scout that have to pay their dues. Even if you have to sign these kids up for an internship. They can go hire something. Matt Minich. <laughs> they Go really could. Go you hire, have, have PFF in your backyard. You have to utilize that resource. I'm not saying that they're not doing that, but I mean they're literally in your same city. Like there has to be something that you can change from that man. standpoint. To, man, if to they become were so smart. if they were smart, and
0: Zach is smart as I think he is, he should be lining up. Like, like if y'all paid attention to the Cardinals draft, they went all. They took the highest rated pro football focused stuff. And just add it and just draft it directly. Like, if you look at the PFF board before the draft, they went in order. Like, if a player went off the board, they just went right in order. I saw it, like, a couple months ago. And right. and it's and it's equal, like, success. Like, those players are really, really good. Now, PFF is not the, the end of end, all, to end be all, all, be all. But it
1: but, should be one of
0: your, but one it's of a your metrics, right? It's a exactly. tool, and you should have a relationship. With pro football focus, that is stronger than everybody's because they are so close. You should be pulling people directly from there and just saying, "What are they paying you? Thirty? Four? I mean, what are they paying? You, forty a grand? I mean, forty a year? I'll pay you fifty. You come over here. Exactly. Like, what is that? What is that? Exactly. Is that what is that salary? Like, what would that hurt? And, and, and they can't sit there and just say that for every year. Like, oh yeah, that's the way we've been doing it. Like, come on, man. That's like the laziest excuse." I hate when people tell me that. It's like, oh yeah, that's what we—that's what we're accustomed to. Well, wake up! Like this is a new day, 2020 is around the corner. You got so many different things, and you got to get ahead of the curve. And what are you doing getting a new coach if you're not trying to get ahead of the curve? I read sure. this thing about um, Mike Tomlin um, getting uh, he, the way that they hired him, uh, uh, the Rooneys and stuff. Is saying, how do y'all only have three coaches for the last? you know, 30, 40 years or whatever, and they were like, well, we just continue to, we believe in our guy, we go get that one guy, and whether they have initial success or not, our goal is to put resources and resources and resources around them until they are what we think they are, not, not setting them up to fail. So if, there, if you got this access to pro football focus, Chris Collingworth is, is like your guy like you have all of these different things, but you're not utilizing them and you're still going with the whole, the old mantra. Is like, this is what we, this is what we've been doing. I just think that's super silly, but you know, the one thing that will change all of this stuff and make it a little bit different is what I keep on preaching to everybody is that the quarterback position. That is my only hope on any of that stuff changing. Ace. And the only reason why is because think about this. If, 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 Packers don't do what Aaron Rodgers says. He will go to whatever team in the NFL, including the Patriots. They will let Tom Brady go tomorrow. He has pull like that because he can win, and he's a really, really good player, and he's very, very... His impact on the NFL is so strong, and it only can happen from a quarterback position. Drew Brees is like that. You know, Lamar is going to be like that soon. Like, there are all these players... They're all from the quarterback position that demand Baker Mayfield demanded attention to the Cleveland Browns, and OBJ comes there, right, and all these other um, uh, um, free agents that they got, Olivier Vernon and all these guys like that, because of the quarterback position was so high before the season. Everybody thinks about what they are right now. Mind you, they were 0-16, and now they come back, and they win, what, six, seven games now, and then we got to play them this upcoming week or whatever, right? But before that, they were dead in the water. No free agents would come there, and that was thought to be a funeral home, right? But now look at them. Like, even in the off season, OBJ could still recruit people. All these different people can kind of, like, work their magic to talk and get this thing started, all from the quarterback position. And if Joe Burrow has success, all the play- like players want to have their stats up, like, I know a lot, a lot of veterans currently on the Bengals roster might be against it a little bit because they're like, I don't want the the growing pains of a new quarterback. But a new quarterback gives gives exposure to a franchise. And like what I, what I was saying is, Green Bay Packers would be so stupid; they've pretty much hand Aaron Rodgers a blank check. And, and on top of that, Aaron Rodgers says, "I want this guy, or this coach has got to go, or this like he calls his own shots because if you don't." there are teams that will pay him double. You know what I'm saying? You think the Cowboys won't give him whatever the hell he wants? Because that's what the leverage of a quarterback does and the power. And I think that's the only way that we can offset this. But, see, Dalton never had that. And that's why I always used to tell people. Like, he could have success in a game and stuff, but he'll never be able to walk into a room with Mike Brown and start demanding stuff. Right, right. Well, with that man, what I
1: said, Zam, I, mean? I got to run. Uh, but thank you guys for listening to the Orange is the New Black podcast. And we will be back with you guys throughout the end of this season. Hootay. Hootay.
0: More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier.